Take that to heart. Don't miss out. Don't miss out. Those are, those are some uh, just great, great uh, testimonials of just a couple who were in this uh, latest rooted uh, class and experience. Can you feel their enthusiasm? It, it's, it, it's really infectious. You can feel it. It's tangible. And it's not because of anything we do. It really isn't. I'll just say, I'll echo a little of what Cameron was talking about earlier in the service and singing about all Jesus. That's what made the difference in these lives. And that's what the enthusiasm is all about. It's Jesus Christ. And we are, uh, we're looking forward this morning to pray over this group that we're going to confirm this morning. This was just... Two uh, of those who were uh, in the class, and they both talked about learning and growing and a desire to learn and from the beginning uh, and just soaking it in, soaking in God's word. And I, I loved, too, some of the encouragement. There's always more. Hey, if you think you know everything, no, we don't. None of us do. Uh, because Christianity is big and Jesus is big and there's always more uh, with Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. And it really is awesome in the truest sense of that word. Awe, Jesus. We, we are in awe of him. And when we just take a minute to consider and meditate on all that he is, and then sometimes we might get asked about our faith. We might get asked about Jesus. And with all of that bigness of Jesus, where do we begin? Do we begin at the beginning? How do we tell someone about just how amazing and immense Jesus is? And we have great resources. We have excellent helps. Someone asks us a question. Uh, we have so much printed material of course, we have Bibles. We have printed Bibles. We have digital Bibles. Uh, have all kinds of resources online. But what about in the moment? You're at the checkout line in the grocery store. Or you're at work or you're at school. And somebody, are you a Christian? What is it all about? Or they ask a question. You can't really just reach for that you, help, that resource, it really has to come from inside. And we take time to commit some things to memory. If we think about the early church, they didn't have any of the digital stuff. They didn't, they didn't have a printing press. They had scribes who had to write on scrolls. If you had a scroll, you were probably quite well off. Most people didn't. They had to commit things to memory. So we do that. We take some time to do that. We should all do that. Put a few things. Plant the word of God in our heart. Plant something inside of us that we can go to. One of the things that we always recommend in uh, our class is to put your faith into a little form of encapsulation. And we call it a creed. There are uh, creeds that just encapsulate the faith. They bring it down to something that's a reminder, and 
We call it the Apostles' Creed. That actually has its roots all the way back to the second century. Where the bigness of all these things Christianity offers just kind of comes to a succinct form. If you're ever standing in the grocery line, you could just call it to memory and maybe be able to say a few words to somebody about your faith if you're in that moment of, <gasps> what do I do? I can't remember. So it's helpful if we, if we just commit it to memory and it reminds us of the foundations of our faith, the real tenets of our faith. And I would invite us all to recite it together this morning, the Apostles' Creed. So many of you in this sanctuary have learned it, you know it. Let's remind ourselves of this great statement of our faith uh, and all that it means to us. Let's, let's recite it together. All of you who know the Apostles' Creed, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. You're standing in the grocery line somewhere, someone asks you a question. Mm, forgiveness of sins. Maybe I should talk about the forgiveness of sins. Yes, I'll go there. A quick little reminder. Jesus died. Oh, yes. He, he took our sin. These are, it's just a great little way to remind ourselves. And as I said, this, this creed, this saying that we call the Apostles' Creed, it has its roots in the, the early church, all the way back to about the second century. But even before that, the first century, the history of the church and the early church is given to us in the New Testament. The, the Bible tells us about what was happening and how new believers were taught, how they were encouraged in the word of God. At times they were prayed over for strengthening in their faith. When we look at uh, Bibles translated in uh, more modern English, we may not see the word confirm. The older versions of the Bible will use a word like confirm in our, new, our newer uh, translations, we might read words like establishing, strengthening, encouraging the souls of the followers of Jesus. This is what the apostles did as they moved from town to town, as they would come back to revisit a town where a church had been formed. They might take some time to encourage and strengthen and pray prayers over those who have come to believe. And this morning, that's what we're going to do with this group of people. We are going to pray over them. They have committed to and completed a time of learning and growing uh, in their Christian faith and their walk with Jesus. And we heard just a couple uh, and their wonderful experiences, how they uh, grew in Christ and how they learned and we believe that as the elders and the ministers come to these altars and lay hands on each individual, that the Holy Spirit really, truly does a work of strengthening and 
uprooting these believers and Jesus, that their faith would remain strong. And that's what we want to do this morning. But before we do, before we pray, we're going to go to the Word of God. And we're going to be reading from Paul's second letter, the great apostle Paul, his second letter to the church in Thessalonica. Now, this was a city that Paul had visited with his helpers, a man named Silas and another named Timothy. When he came into that city, Paul would do what he normally did. He had a regular routine. He would go to the Jewish synagogue and he began to share what he knew about Jesus. And the reason that he could do that is he had grown up in Judaism. He had learned it front to back. He was what they called a Pharisee, very, very well schooled in the faith. So he would go to the Jewish synagogue and he'd begin to rock their world because he would tell them, hey, I know you're all waiting for the Messiah, but guess what? He's already come. His name's Jesus. And he'd kind of go through this creed that Jesus came from the Father, he's the Messiah, he was crucified for your sin, he resurrected from the dead. Often when he got to that resurrection, they'd be like, ah, we don't want to hear anymore. Regardless, he'd keep preaching. Well, in Thessalonica, there were quite a few that came to faith. And when you read the book of Acts, it's actually Acts chapter 17, it gives some of the history, and it tells us that when Paul and Silas and Timothy were there, not only were there some Jews that were converted, but also, and this was pretty typical, it would begin to spread around. So those who weren't of the Jewish faith, they heard of this thing. They were, hey, what's going on? Something's happening. People are changing. And others outside of Judaism also became followers of Jesus. So this happened in the city of Thessalonica. And some of the uh, some of the people from the synagogue, they were kind of upset. And their, their attendance at synagogue began to dwindle, so they were uptight, and they ran Paul and Silas and Timothy out of town. The church was feeling a little bit of pain. Some of those new converts were struggling because now there were some that were telling them, no, don't believe those guys, and we kicked them out. Well, Paul wrote letters. Paul wrote letters to this church. He wrote letters to these Thessalonians to encourage them and to help them. In his second letter, in the second chapter in particular, he talked about really some big struggles in faith. He said there's evil, it's pervasive, it's already here, and it's gonna get more and more there's going to be a rebellion against the truth. It started, but it's coming hard. It's not in full force yet, but it's going to be. And then he wrote these words, and I'm going to share with you the second half of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Uh, we're going to go from verse 13 to the end, but right now verses 13 to 15. Paul wrote this, but we ought always to thank God for you. And he's saying that because he had just mentioned all these who are outside the faith, all these who are part of the evil and uh, the, the untruths, the lies. He says, but we, we always ought to be thankful for you. And when he said we, he's 
talking about him and Timothy. He wrote at the beginning of the letter, it was coming from him and Timothy. We ought to always thank God for you, brothers and sisters, loved by the Lord, because God chose you as first fruits to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through belief in the truth, not the lies outside. He called you to this through our gospel that you might share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So then, brothers and sisters, stand firm and hold fast to the teachings we passed on to you, whether by word of mouth or by letter. What Paul wrote here to these Thessalonians specifically, it's a letter to them, I believe it also applies to us as Christians. I believe there's a general application here that we can all take from this, from these words, from verses 13 to 15. I'm gonna give you a a few things that we might apply to our lives and especially those of you here in in the front row, but not just this class, but everyone here. And it's, first of all, God chose you. God chose you to be saved through the work of the Spirit and your belief, your faith. And what does it mean? What does it mean that God chose you? It means he took the initiative. Those who are going to be confirmed this morning, as well as all of us who profess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we have been chosen by God. Now that's one of those big things. That's one of those things that really if you took time to just meditate on it, God chose me. Whoosh. I mean, that's huge. He took the initiative and, and he expressed it through the work of the gift of the Holy Spirit that continues, continues to work and to draw people. His spirit was active in your life. It was active in your life. His Holy Spirit, when you didn't even know it, And his spirit worked with your spirit in drawing you to a place where you came to believe, to repent of your sin, to believe in the truth, the truth that Jesus died for you. And in John's gospel account, Jesus stated, no man can come to me except the father which has sent me draw him. The the drawing of God, the drawing of the the Holy Spirit. When when you experienced that draw of the Spirit, whether it was through the preaching of the Word, maybe it was a friend sharing the gospel, maybe it was someone who was standing there thinking, oh, what do I say? Oh, wait a minute, I'll talk about the forgiveness of sins to this person. Or maybe you had just opened up a Bible one day and you began to explore the Word of God. There are just countless ways, countless ways that God draws. And you responded. You were moved in your heart by faith. And because of your faith, you can stand before a holy God, even though you're a person who committed sin, as we all have. I thought that was just a wonderful line in the video when Jenna said, I had a lot of sin that was heavy on my heart. And I really didn't know how to handle it. And that's kind of a universal testimony. When we realize, I got this sin in my heart, and how do I handle it? What do I, what do, I do? 
And because of faith, because of faith in Christ, we live and, and know that God has handled it. He's handled it. He's taken care of it. He's forgiven our sin. And he did it in a, a, a very real way by giving up his life on a cross. He handled our sin and he will not condemn us when we respond with faith. The just shall live by faith. The apostle Paul wrote that. He wrote that to a church in Rome. And in a sense, he reiterates this same thought here to the Thessalonians. Live by faith. God chose you. His spirit worked in you. You responded by faith. Now live in faith. Remember that. Remember that. God chose you. And Paul also wrote, God called you. God called you. And this, this word, this term called means to invite, to summon. But not just a general, hey. No, it's a summons with a name, a call with a name. When, when you pick up your device here, your, your phone, and you're going to call someone. Now, I get you might make a pocket call. I do that. It's random. But usually you got someone in mind, don't you? You go through your contacts or you go to your, uh, you know, your favorites. I am going to call Joe. Hello, Joe. It's not, hey, you. It's not like, hey, I'll just spin and randomly pick something. No, you make a call to a particular person you have in mind. If you're standing in a crowd, if I look, if I look out in this crowd here and I want to talk to John, I'm not going to say, hey, you. I'm going to say, hey, John. Because that, that's who I'm calling. His name. And so it is with God. And again, it's God's initiative. He chose you. He knows you. He knows your name. He called you to participate in his redemptive work in the world. Paul wrote, he called you through the gospel. That's how he does it. He called you through the gospel to share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Again, enormous, huge, big. That's an amazing thing about Christianity. God called you through the gospel, the good news, the calling of, Je uh, of the gospel of Jesus. It, it expresses itself in this invitation that Jesus articulated and he spoke. And Jesus said, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. And that, th think about that. He's not looking for perfect people. His call is to, to those who who have maybe more than heavy sins on their heart. It might, just, it, it might be something that has just put them down so far. Even the word of God describes it as being in miry clay. But Jesus called, he said, come follow me. You can get out of that. You can get out of that yuck. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest, rest for your souls. Let anyone who is thirsty come to me. There's another, there's another image of where it's at to be lost in sin, dry and, and, and thirsty. Let anyone who's thirsty come to me. Rivers of living water will flow from within them. 
That's the calling of Jesus. And that calling, that calling is directional. In other words, it affects the way you're going. If you hear your name in a crowd, what are you going to do? I, I was at uh, the Macomb County Jail once with Chaplain Malik. He was taking a tour of the ministry team from here at Bethesda and some other churches. He was taking us all for a tour through Macomb County Jail. I, I don't know, we were on one of these floors walking through in single file. I was the last one in the line. And as I was walking, I heard, Pat! I'm like, who's calling me at the jail? Come on. I kept walking. I heard it again. Pat! The hair on the back of my neck stuck up. And I turned around. I'm the last one in the line. Now the line's getting away from me. There was a group of men uh, they were behind a, a barrier, but uh, I saw the one that was calling me. And I recognized him. And I knew that right then why I hadn't seen him for a little while. He, he had been coming to our men's group. And so I, I saw him and I turned around and, and I went that way. And I caught up with him for just a moment and he said he'd be asking for a visit. And of course, we couldn't talk too long because uh, th th there was one of, the, one of the workers there at the, at the Macomb County Jail saying, hey, you need to get moving because I had lost, I'd lost my group. The point is you hear your name, you turn. And when we hear the call of Jesus we are in a jail. We're in a prison. We're in a, we're, in, we're in a prison of sin. And his call comes to free us. His call is, is, is to turn us into a new direction, the direction of freedom. The call of Jesus is a call to a, 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 a new direction, the way of Jesus, the way of the gospel, not continuing in that same direction you're going. And you may have that experience where you, when you truly, truly heard the call, the hair on the back of your neck stood up. That's, that's God Almighty. When he, it's an experience that you'll never forget. Jesus called you. And you responded. You responded to the summons, this invitation of Jesus. You went that direction. And remember that. Remember that and continue in that. Continue in that direction. Continue going with him. Let, let this word from Paul encourage you. He chose you. He called you. And, and Paul wrote, so then, brothers and sisters, stand firm and hold fast to the teachings that we passed on to you. Stand firm. Hold fast. You've been called. You've been chosen. Now stand firm in your faith. Stay in your faith. The Greek word that Paul used here uh, for stand firm is a Greek word, Stako. And that was used in military contexts. We might hear words like regiment. We might hear platoon, battalion, tactical. These are, these are words we often hear in military contexts. Stako was similar in the, in the Greek. It was used often in a military context. And, and it had this meaning. Maintain your allegiance. You have a duty. 
Stand firm in that duty. Do not defect to the other side. No matter what comes, you stay the course. Hold fast. Stand firm. Stay connected. Stay go. It's, it's a Greek word. It sounds a little like our English steak. Picture a steak just being pounded in the ground. Pounded, bam, bam. Just all going down deep, deep. In the Christian context, be like that steak. Everyone here, be like that. Be like that class. Stand firm, immovable in your faith, in the gospel that you were called to, to honor the cross, to be rooted in the gospel. Not questioning parts of the, the word of God as if it were optional. No, no. Staying true to all of it. Stay connected to Christ. Stay staked, staked, connected to the gospel. Surround yourselves with other believers to encourage you and to help you. Remain joined to the word of God. Don't forsake the gathering together like we're doing right now to, to, to continue to be encouraged in the word of God. Stand firm, hold fast to the faith. Paul wrote, you should stand firm and, and he reminded us of a reality. He wrote this for a reason. Because there will be days when our faith will be tested. We're going to have a down day. You might have a question about God now and again. I loved how April put it. She said, there's always questions. And we can go and go and grow and grow and get more and more. But still, we will still one day have a question. And we might be asking, you know, Lord, where are you? We might have a day of doubting. We might have a time where it just seems like God is distant. I was listening to a little bit of the Andrew Brunson story. He was in a Turkish prison for two years. He felt like, he felt like God had totally abandoned him for a while there. But he, he didn't abandon his faith completely. Remember, regardless of what comes in, I know we're, we're probably not going to a Turkish prison at all. But our faith will be tested. We'll have these days. Remember, you've been chosen by God. He called you. He knows your name. And with that God that chose you and called you, you can stand firm. You can stake oh, You can be connected to him firmly. Hold fast. We're going to pray for strength like that. We're going to pray for strength like that for this class, that their faith would remain firm and immovable. And I want to share with you just before we pray the concluding words of the second chapter of Paul's second letter to the Thessalonians. I'm going to repeat verse 15. So then, brothers and sisters, stand firm and hold fast to the teachings we passed on to you, whether by word of mouth or by letter. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself, our God, our Father, who loved us and by his grace gave us an eternal encouragement and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. The second chapter concludes here 
with, with a prayer of sorts, a prayer for encouragement and strength for these Thessalonian believers. And we pray a, a similar prayer this morning over you. Over you here in, in the front. And I want to invite our ministers and elders to the altar. And as they come, I want to invite these that are going to be prayed for. First, Richard Fitzpatrick. And we have a great family, which is really just, it's such a blessing to see this. Uh, with uh, Led and head up by Andre Gregory. So Andre, come on. And his wife, Jennifer Gregory. And their two daughters, Jenna Gregory. And Madison Gregory. And April Stady. And we're going to pray. As, as we conclude our service, we're going to pray this prayer of confirmation. I invite all of you to stand and join me and join your hearts with these elders and ministers at the altar and pray with us. Pray with us. Pray with us over these who have stepped forward this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, Father God, we just pray over each one of these individuals standing here at this altar, God. You are amazing. You're huge. You're big. And we are asking for you to do a great work. God, you have begun a good work in them. And we pray for it to continue. My God, Father, you've given them uh, such eternal encouragement from your word and you've given them good hope through the gospel of your son, Jesus Christ. And we pray, Lord, we pray that their faith would be driven deep down into the ground like, a, like that stake getting pounded into the solid ground so that they are immovable, so that they are firmly rooted and established in their faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I pray, Lord, that each one of them would remain firm. We pray, Lord, this entire sanctuary, this entire church prays over them that they would remain firm in their faith and always stand on the gospel of Jesus Christ who has called them and chosen them, may each one of them stand firm with him. And may they always honor that blood-stained cross of Jesus Christ and the sacrifice that he made. And they would just remain rooted in the gospel, Lord, not questioning it, not putting aside parts that they may not agree with, Lord, but the whole, the entirety of your word, that they would stay true to it. And may they stay connected to Jesus and knit to, to his heart, Lord, and united in, in his word, Oh, Father God, in the name of Jesus, we just ask, Lord, that the Holy Spirit would do this work, that they would, they would continue to walk with you and be joined with you and be joined with other followers of Jesus Christ. And they wouldn't forsake the Christian community. And, and Lord, my God, if ever a day comes where they do have another question, where their faith is tested, where they are tried, where are they confronted? Lord, if they have a down day and they're, and they're just wondering things and looking and, and seeking, Lord, I pray your Holy Spirit 
Spirit brings an answer to them, Lord, and that would just encourage their heart and renew their faith. And may the Holy Spirit guide their thoughts. May the Holy Spirit guide their every thoughts, Lord, and may they turn to you and look to your word for answers, Lord. And may they rely on the Spirit of the living God for answers to come, Lord. Direct them, help them, please, my God, that you would bring to mind the day of their salvation. May they may the day of the joy of their salvation, when they heard your call and they turned, just come to mind, Lord, if they're having one of those days or they're being tested, and may they persevere, Lord, my God, by the power and the presence of your Holy Spirit, surround them and help them, Lord, and protect them. And Father, I pray you would use them, Lord. I pray that you would use each one of these individuals as lights, God, lights to the, to the community and the culture around them, Lord, lights to the community and the culture of that, that continues to to be in that pervasive darkness, Lord. The, the, the untruths that, that the apostle wrote about, Lord, may they be people that bring the truth and the light into situations wherever they go, school or work, Lord, or neighborhood, wherever they are, my God, may they be ones that would uh, share what they have by Jesus in their heart. Equip them, God, with the gifts of the Holy Spirit, I pray, oh Lord. Lord, may the Holy Spirit give them more gifts. May they seek more giftings from the Spirit of the living God, your resurrected Holy Spirit, my God, I pray pray that you would give them gifts. I pray that you would help them, Lord, to bear the fruit of the Spirit. Lord, may each one of them grow like a tree planted by the rivers of water to bring forth fruit in its season. God, and fruit for the kingdom of God, for your kingdom of here on earth. Lord, we thank you. Thank you for these souls. Lord, bless them. Lord, we ask it by your divine hand that they never stray from their faith, that they always remain true to Jesus. And Lord, that this good work, the good work that you've started, God, the good work that you started when you, when you chose, when you called, Father, that it would continue, that it would continue, that it would continue. And we ask these great things, Lord, all of it, all of it, in the faithful name of our Savior and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. It's really, really wonderful to be able to have days like this, to take time to put the word of God into action and to, to, to do as his word says and to pray over people. And we're gonna just let this class move off to the dining room right now. And I just ask you to, to hold here for just a minute while they do that. But as you go today, don't, just rush out to the parking lot. It's cold outside anyway. Stay inside where it's warm. Go on over to our dining room, get some refreshments, and take a minute just to introduce yourself to these that you've seen their pictures, you've seen their names, and encourage them, bless them, and have a cookie too. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for just your presence we thank you for the cross. We thank you for all that you've done for us and all that you're going to do. And God, God, I just pray if there's anyone here in, in my listening voice who's in this sanctuary or joined online, and Lord, they are searching, they are seeking, they are asking. And maybe even today they're, they're unsure. God, I pray, I pray that that, that soul would, would take the time to be here Wednesday night where they can just join into a group that is 
is going to explore all the questions of the, the bigness of Jesus in, in a place called Rooted. I, I pray that, God. I pray that you would move hearts. And thank you, Lord, for this wonderful, wonderful congregation here that's so supportive and so many of them, they know, they know, they know, God, that you chose them and that you called them and they're standing firm in the faith of Jesus Christ. God, I just pray you'd, you would continue to strengthen each one of us. Strengthen each one of us because the times come, the days come where we, we feel those tests and those pulls Lord, strengthen all of us. Strengthen your people, help them, encourage them, and bless them. And Lord, keep them until we return again to worship you. And we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you need prayer, you can come to the altars. We do have elders who would pray over you. But otherwise, I'll see you in the dining room.